I just, I had the realization, I was like, I just have to train smarter, not harder, you know? So I, um, I, I just changed how I looked at programming and I really like, what do I need to work on? What stuff um, needs to be addressed? And then, you know, can I change this workout and make it just an EMOM, you know, like a 10 minute EMOM to get the skills in still, but not do that. So, you know, going into that year, I was kind of up in the air. I didn't know what exactly was going to happen. I knew I was very well prepared. I knew I was in great shape. Um, but you know, you just always have those doubts in the back of your mind, especially coming off an injury, you have a disappointing year and then you change everything. And I was like, well, maybe I'm just meant to be like, you know, an average athlete, not average, but you know, whatever. And, um, it was good though, for me, like I was still super hungry and I was like, I'm just going to go. I, I had, I didn't have, um, any pressure on me, which was kind of nice. You know, you're just like, I'm just going to go and see what happens. Like going to give them hell. And, you know, in partnership with the morning chalk up and part of the morning chalk up podcast network, this is the Clydesdale fitness and friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Markier Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Markier Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles, you can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Markier jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile and me, you may be our next winner. Hey everyone, I got a secret to tell you. There's this really cool company out there called Element 26. We have partnered with them um, and they have some of the coolest equipment on the market for us CrossFitters, lifters, um, strongmen. Uh, so one of the products they have is thumb tape. It is like the best thumb tape on the market. It is flexible and it moves with you um, and it is very tacky and sticky. So great thumb tape. Another one of the products that I use and I love are their grips. They are chocolate grips. They are rubberized and I'm a Clydesdale, right? I'm big. This helps me stick to the bar. I don't move. I can hang for a very long time as a big man with these on my hands. Uh, great for farmer's carries. Um, even my hands are big enough. I can even use these on a barbell if I want to deadlift. Just saying. No chalk, super sticky. Gotta love them. Uh, their website is element26.co. That is element26.co. Go check them out. So many cool products. We're going to keep showing you what they have over the next few weeks, but you have got to check this place out because they are constantly innovating um, and see what they have to offer. Um, little hint, check out the belts. They got a really cool concept with the belts. Um, you know that Velcro that always pops? They have a solution. So go check that out, element26.co, element26.co. Trust me, you'll have fun with this. What is going on, everyone? We are here with our special friend, Taylor Stride, and she is 2019 CrossFit Games athlete, individual, and she also went on a team. She qualified in 2020, wasn't able to go, and then qualified again in 2021, did get to go, and so we're just going to kind of talk about 
where she came from, what got her into CrossFit, what got her into the profession that she's in, and kind of what her future looks like and things she's doing today. So Taylor, welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, um, I met Taylor in a very bizarre way. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2018, she is the first athlete I ever judged at the regional level. Yeah. Which is funny because Teddy brought that story up to me and I was like, I hadn't put like two and two together yet. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I talked to this guy, he's, you know, Clydesdale podcast. And I'm like, he looks familiar. He's like, he judged you at regionals. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, he was my bench press judge. He was like, yeah. <laughs> so actually I was your deadlift judge. Oh, okay. And then you I were my spotter, and I was your spotter for the yes. bench press. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I think I saved your life at least. You had to save times. me, I think three times. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> One of them, I was like, like halfway up and I'm like, help. <laughs> well, the thing yeah. you were killing that workout, like you were doing so well. And I think you just went to a point of where the bench press went away. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And cause you were, you were killing your heat. Like you were so far in front. Uh, no, I was never that far in front. Um, really? no, the, I was like with the pack. Um, but the funny thing about that workout, so it was right after that triple three. So we did that triple three and, um, I did really well in that workout. I think I got like seventh in that one. And, um, I had like the quickest turnaround. So I had to turn around and do that workout with like, I don't know, say like an hour rest or something. And that triple three killed me. And so when I tested, you know, cause you could test all the workouts for regionals. When I tested that workout, um, I never tested triple three that close to it. And so it was like, when I got there, I had this whole strategy that was going to be great. I'd done, you know, Linda twice or whatever. And then I got there and that triple three just, I mean, annihilated me. And so that was actually, I think I got like 32nd in that workout. It was not good, but yes, the bench press killed me. Um, that was not good. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was rough. So here's a little unknown fact from, from my perspective. I was uh, two weeks away from back surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my biggest fear was that I would actually have to lift the barbell off of somebody yeah. and hope that my back held up. Um, but thank goodness, like when you're missing, it's only because you, you like are a fraction weaker. Yeah. You you're still pushing on the bar. Yeah. I just had to assist you to the, the rack. Yeah. But yeah, that was a, was... that was a thing I was super worried about. <laughs> and when you first dropped, I was like, oh gosh, here we go. You're like, oh, is this going to be the rest of the workout? <laughs> <laughs> So Taylor, what was your, um, athletic background growing up? Like before, like, what did you get into as a kid and, and, and past that? So I did everything. Um, my parents are great. Anything I wanted to try, I tried. Um, I quickly learned that ball sports were not my thing. So like basketball, I played in like sixth grade, sat on the bench the whole year. So that was off the list. Volleyball, um, our team was terrible and I was terrible. So like <laughs> I, um, swam, I swam year round, um, uh, I guess starting in like seventh or eighth grade, but I swam every summer and I really enjoyed that. And so, um, when you start to look at like high school sports and stuff, I kind of, um, started to get more serious about swimming, but then I also, uh, I tumbled, I didn't do gymnastics. I just did like the floor so I can, I mean, I can still flip and everything, but I can't do bars, beam, vault, any of that. Um, and then, so I got into cheerleading, cheered in uh, high school as well. And then I also pole vaulted in high school. So and where, where did you grow up? Like what's where, what city? Uh, I'm from Peoria, Illinois. So halfway between Chicago and St. Louis, just kind of hanging out in the middle of Illinois. So. And then you actually went to um, college and did swimming in college. Is that correct? Yes. So I swam at SLU, um, St. Louis university uh, for four years and then immediately was looking for something new and kind of fell into CrossFit. So while you were in college, you fell into CrossFit. Um, when I was done swimming. So I guess, yeah, like the last like two months of college, um, I was, I tried to get into running cause I was like, Oh, you know, it's easy just go out the door. Um, but I really enjoyed weightlifting in college and I enjoyed like being in the weight room and learning the Olympic lifts and, you know, um, doing, you know, pull-ups and all of that kind of stuff. So I, um, someone was, I was running and I was like, this sucks. I was like, at least swimming, you have four different strokes, you know, you can change it up. Like running, you do the same thing over and over again. Um, and so that's when I, someone was like, I think you should try like this new thing. It's called CrossFit. Um, you know, they have this intro class at this gym. Like, why don't you just go test it out? Um, 
And so I did that probably like end of April, my senior year. And um, the workout was like 50, 40, 20 or 30, 20, 10. And the last 10 was um, pull-ups and I could do pull-ups and people are like, where did you come from? Like, you've never done CrossFit before. And I was like, I growing up swimming and especially in a collegiate level, everyone can do a pull-up. So I was just like, why can't they do pull-ups? Like, you know, that's not a big deal to me. Um, but yeah, so then people were like, Oh, like immediately kind of took an interest in me just because I, I had these kind of skills already. So. So when you were a pole vaulter, Mm -hmm. um, how long did you do that? Um, I only did that for two years. So, um, so for Illinois swimming's in the fall, uh, I cheered basketball. So that was a winter sport. And then in the spring, like I love swimming, but I didn't want to do it year round. I mean, I did it year round, but I didn't want to be like super committed year round. Um, and so I did that like my freshman, sophomore year. And I honestly just kind of was like, uh, I'm just not really having fun. So I wanted to do a different sport. So I was only swimming like two or three days a week instead. Um, so I got into track and the track coach immediately like saw my shoulders and was like, I think you should try pole vaulting. Um, you know, just like a lot of high school girls are not don't have an upper body like that's developed. So, um, he kind of got me into that and I was, I enjoyed it. And, um, my junior year, I was terrible. Um, we could, we didn't have a pit yet, which is like the big pads that you like go over the mat and land on or over the bar and land on. So we would learn, I learned how to pull ball in a um, long jump pit, like just put your pole in the sand and hope it doesn't slide. Yeah. Real safe. Um, then uh, my senior year, we got pits and we actually like did some stuff in the fall a little bit. And so um, actually my senior year, I hit state qualifying height, um, but I didn't go, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> so I've heard other pole vaulters pole water say that it really helps them with body awareness Yes. in life. And did you feel that as well? Um, yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, I tumbled, so I kind of had that body awareness already, um, but I think already having that. Cause like I said, I didn't do it for that long. So, but already having that body awareness definitely helped me be a better pole vaulter for sure. Um, and it also, I mean, you learn like go, I guess, like, I didn't even think of this before, but going back, you learn like the arch hollow, like you're, you know, you're arched in a position you're, and you have to hollow out, which really probably translates over to all the crossfit gymnastics as well. So, yeah. And then what did you swim? Um, in college, I was a 200 swimmer, um, high school, like I said, I didn't swim super serious year round in high school. Um, and so I just swam like the hundred fly, uh, 200 free in high school and then relays. And then in college, I, my coach kind of transitioned me to like, um, 200 free 200. I am two fly two back were my four main events. Um, two, I am was my favorite. Uh, just, I like you know, being able to do all the strokes was kind of fun. New challenge each, each 50. So that was cool. And how did that help you with your CrossFit career? Uh, my lungs, my lung capacity, learning how to breathe. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because there's certain things again, like with the pull-up thing, but just even like knowing how to like settle your heart rate down, knowing how, um, to breathe through your nose, knowing, you know, how to control yourself a little bit better. And I think, you know, from swimming standpoint, you're breathing against the water. So you have that like pressure on you the whole time. So then when you get to the land, it's really, it's easier in a sense. Um, and that was kind of the same, like when I started running right away, I was very good at running and it wasn't because I was a good runner. It's just my lung capacity was good. Like I just had that, um, edge that a lot of people don't think about. So, yeah. And then what made you want to become a physical therapist? Uh, so high school, I, you know, had some like knee issues. Um, and then I got into college and had some shoulder injuries just from like the repetitive motion of swimming. Um, and so I slew was kind of worked out perfectly. Like I had some offers to go to bigger schools for swimming. Um, but I was going to be like, a uh, JV, I guess, swimmer, which is kind of hard in swimming because you have all these, um, you know, you swim all these practices, but you never go to away meets. And I was like, well, you know, and at least like my freshman, sophomore year, I'd probably just be on the like non-travel team. And I was like, why do I really want to put all this effort in if I'm not actually going to swim at all? Um, so I, you know, started looking around and I was kind of thinking physical therapy and SLU had this freshman entry program, um, where you get in the program your freshman year, as long as you maintain a GPA and hit other requirements, um, your senior year, technically you start grad school. You don't have to take the GRE, 
Um, you don't have to do all those like ancillary things. And so for me, I was, you know, kind of looking around and they offered me a good scholarship. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of thinking of doing this. Um, and they're like, well, it's much easier to get in now and you can get out of it if you want, rather than trying to get in later. Um, you know, and so I was like, well, I'll just try it, see what happens. And, um, it ended up just being a really good fit. I enjoyed it a lot. And I, I like, so actually my whole family is, um, our accountants, my mom, my dad, and both my brothers. Um, and I was like, I knew that was not my thing. I don't like to sit all day. I like to move around. So PT kind of ended up being the perfect thing because, you know, you're very much, you're, you know, up and down and you're moving and you're just not like a stationary person. You get to talk to people and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. So you said that um, your friends told you to try this new thing and you went to the beginner class. <clears throat> what got you hooked? Uh, I just liked that there was a new challenge. And so, like I said, I'd kind of gotten into like weightlifting at, um, in college and I enjoyed, like they taught us how to snatch and clean and jerk and we squatted and, you know, you did all those things and it was just like every, every year I was getting better at them and they were giving you more cues as you got more into the program, you were, you know, better, you could do a little more weight and stuff. So I enjoyed that part of it. Um, and it was just, it was, I was like, oh, there's like friends built in. I was kind of getting to that point where I knew, you know, the swim team was great because I had built in friends. We worked out together every day. Um, we did all that stuff, but I knew my senior year, like a bunch of them were leaving, right? Like I was still going to be in St. Louis, but um, you know, my other friends were going off to grad school and they were doing different things. And so I was kind of like, well, this would be nice. I kind of have a group of people to hang out with already. And then, you know, I also get a good workout in. Um, and so I just kind of, I was like, well, try it for the summer, see what happens. And, uh, then I was hooked. Did so you do the open after your first year of starting CrossFit? <laughs> yeah. So I started, like I said, that end of April, beginning of May, um, and I had no idea what like the open was. I, I knew nothing. And we did like one competition in the fall and, um, I ended up doing like pretty well. And they're like, Hey, like, do you think you'd like potentially want to think about doing a team with us? And I was like, oh, I don't know, like, what's that, you know? Um, and so then I kind of started to learn a little bit more, uh, but yeah, I did the open that year. So that would be 2014. I think that was my first open. And, um, did pretty well. I kind of surprised myself. I didn't realize like, I don't mean to sound like cocky about this, but I didn't realize like how good I was, you know what I mean? Like I, I was yeah, not great. Compare it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like I was working out with people at our gym, like the women were all better than me, you know, um, at least like two or three of them were like eons better than me. And so for me, it was like, Oh, like I'm actually kind of good at this. Like when you compare the North central region at the time and stuff. So so did you, you were on that team in 2014? Yeah, I ended up. Um, so that was the year that you had to have people that could do muscle ups. Um, you had a penalty if you, if the girl, well, I guess girls are guys, but if they couldn't complete the muscle ups and then they also introduced a handstand walking and strict handstand pushups. And those were skills. I mean, I wasn't good at them, but we had, there was definitely another girl or two girls that were better than me. Um, overall, but they couldn't do those things. So they couldn't do one of those things. And so I kind of just lucked into this like spot because, um, I mean, obviously I was good, but I wasn't, I wasn't as strong. I wasn't as good on like the machines, uh, you know, double unders. Oh my gosh. I remember there was like 125 double unders in one of the regional workouts. Um, so like things like that, I wasn't as good at, but I could do all those things. Whereas they would have gotten capped on workouts if it had, you know what I mean? If I was not on the team. So and that team finished fourth in the, in the yeah region. we did yeah um it was kind of crazy and again I didn't realize like how big the games were and stuff and like each day they're like we're like in contention for this and then like you know Friday you're like oh we're kind of sitting there Saturday we're like getting closer and then Sunday it was like oh my gosh like this could actually happen but I had I had no concept of that at the time like it was all like oh la, 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 you know yeah. so it was kind of perfect scenario for me but yeah it was weird so you guys made the games like I can't remember what the cutoff was no it was top three okay top, top three, three made it yeah so we were one out um and I think because that's how they used to do the points where I was like you got one point for first place, two for second, three for third. And then the next year they switched it and they did like the 195, 90, like that. And I think someone went back the next year and I think we would have actually qualified in the top three had they done the points that way. Um, so kind of interesting, but. Yeah. 
But a nice, uh, and that was six person team. Yeah. And your really first experience at regionals. Oh yeah. So I see that you made regionals in 16 as an individual. What happened in that 15 year? Um, so that was a year that I was traveling for clinicals. So I, for PT, um, I had like 40 weeks of clinical education that I had to complete within, it was kind of in like a year and a half, but that spring I was actually in, um, uh, where was I? I was in Champaign, Illinois, and then Kansas city. And, um, I was actually like planning on being on our team again. We still had all the same like women and men, um, and it came like literally like a week before the open CrossFit sent me an email and said that we've like heard a rumor. You're not allowed to compete on your team. And I was like, what? Like, I have no idea. Um, and so they, it ended up being that there's like a rule in the rule book at the time that if you're not training a hundred or 50% at your gym, um, you couldn't be on a team, which I, we had no idea. Um, and even though my address, you know, was St. Louis and everything, I wasn't in St. Louis. So um, you know, they're like, well, you can be on your, under your gyms, like affiliate, but you can't be on the, um, gym's team. So I wasn't able to be on the gym's team. Um, and actually that year too, like, you know, which was devastating to me because we had the whole year we're like, oh, we were so close last year. We've, you know, got a chance this year to make the games. Um, and really like I, I was a much better well-rounded athlete and stuff. And, um, you know, for them, it sucked because without me, there was no way they were going to make the games. Um, and obviously for me, it sucked because I just had to be a spectator that year. Um, you know, obviously I went and tried to make individual then, but I was, I think like 55th or something. And that was the year that top 40 made, or I don't know, whatever it was, but it wasn't, wasn't good enough. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so then in 16, you start your individual run mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you did pretty well in your first individual regional. Yeah. (laughs) Surprised myself. Um, it was, that was, you know, you have like those experiences, you know, um, 16, again, I was kind of just like, you know, Bambi out there. And I remember, uh, the first day I actually ended up fourth and they had that strict muscle up workout. And I just was good at those for some reason. Um, that was, and I was like, Oh, like I can play with like the big girls, you know? And like, at that point I'm a few years in and like, Brooke Wells and Chris Sierramo and like all these names are I'm competing against them, you know, and um, Julie Fouché had retired the year before, but the second and third days, like I was in a lane right next to her. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, you know, it's kind of like a little starstruck, but also enjoying every moment. And, you know, that was my year to have fun. I said, like, you know, I could go and enjoy it and see what it's about. And then 2017, I was like, okay, now it's time to be serious. Like I really actually want to make the game. So but something happened in 2017. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us what happened. <laughs> um, I actually like leading up to regionals, I felt really, really good. And I was super excited. There was no barbell. Um, I'm just good at the odd objects, like the dumbbells, all that stuff is really good for me. Um, but about like two or three weeks before regionals, I started having like severe, like shoulder pain with any, like, so front barbell front squats hurt. Um, just like weird, weird movements started to bother me. And, um, you know, just ignored it. I was like, I just gotta get through regionals to be fine. Um, you know, and of course being a physical therapist, I'm like, I'll just do some exercises. It'll be fine. Just keep, you know, keep the rotator cuff strong, do all these things. Um, but then unfortunately when I got to regionals day one, I remember, um, we had, that was a workout with the weight vest and chest bar. Um, and I like could not hold on my left arm, just like my grip was going the whole time. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. It was super weird. Um, you know, it made it through day one, not where I wanted to be. I was like, maybe like 18th. And I was like, gosh, like these were both really good workouts for me. When I tested them, they were so much faster. Um, and then I was warming up on day two and that was when the rope climbs and I went up, climbed the rope. Um, and I was warming up thankfully. And when I came down, I just had like searing pain in my shoulder. Um, and I mean, awful. And I was like, I, um, my boyfriend was, you know, coaching me and he's like, well, we had those heavy dumbbell kettlebell deadlifts later. He's like, go try to pick those up. Cause he's like, there's no point in trying to do this workout. Cause I was like, I think I can get through this workout. It was enough. I thought I could kind of keep it on my, you know, right side. It'd be okay. But he's like, there's no point in trying if you can't pick up those kettlebells. And I try to pick up the 35s and there was no way that I was going to be able to pick up the 104 or whatever pound kettlebells. So, um, you know, again, being a 
you know, strong headed PT. I was like, well, I'll just try to rehab it for a while. And it was getting no better. So I finally went to the doctor, um, like two weeks later and sure enough, I had like completely fractured my first rib. So it was like a nice, like split. Um, and he's like, well, you're lucky you didn't, you know, puncture along and all these things. And, um, he's like, don't, you know, you can't use your arm for the next, I don't know, two months. And he's like, we got to try to let it heal. Um, which is like, he's, you know, the questions they ask, were you in an accident? Were you in, you know, anything like a lot of times it's like a seatbelt injury, I guess, like with a car accident. Um, but then you start like researching it and the two people that they see it in, um, athletes are gymnasts and weightlifters. So I was like, well, it's kind of crossed it right there for you. So, um, so yeah, that was a, that was a hard summer. Just like, you know, like I said, I was so like, Oh, I want to go to the games. I feel so ready for it. And, um, just, I couldn't do anything. So, (laughs) And I couldn't even, I mean, I don't know if you've broken a rib before, but you can't really elevate your heart rate that much because you start to breathe heavy and it hurts. Like it just, it just hurts. So, um, I was kind of, I was sitting on an assault bike, uh, going about, I don't know, keeping my heart rate under a hundred, basically. That's all I could do. It, it was hard. <laughs> so in 18, you come back, mm-hmm. uh, in a very stacked central yeah. regional, a uh, very stacked <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was crazy. Um, and that's where we met. Mm-hmm. And uh, I must have given you some motivational talk because <laughs> you came in. All positive vibes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you did really, really well. Um, ended up finishing seventh mm-hmm. behind the likes of Jessica Griffith, Brooke Wells, Christy Aramo. Um, yeah. Stacked. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was that like? to be that close and know that you could hang with some of the biggest names in the sport. You know, like I said, the whole injury in 2017, um, I mean, I worked hard, but I, I worked differently that year, like going into 2018, I had, I, I knew I had to cut back my volume. So I was working, I mean, I'm still working full-time, but I was working full-time and I was trying to do programming for full-time athletes. You know, I was trying to get everything in. And I was doing stuff before and after work. And it just was, it just wasn't working. Obviously I got injured. Um, I just, I had the realization. I was like, I just have to train smarter, not harder, you know? So I, um, I, I just changed how I looked at programming and I really like, what do I need to work on? What stuff, um, needs to be addressed. And then, you know, can I change this workout and make it just an EMOM, you know, like a 10 minute EMOM to get the skills in still, but not do that. So, you know, going into that year, I was kind of up in the air. I didn't know what exactly was going to happen. I knew I was very well prepared. I knew I was in great shape. Um, but you know, you just always have those doubts in the back of your mind, especially coming off an injury, you have a disappointing year and then you change everything. And I was like, well, maybe I'm just meant to be like, you know, an average athlete, not average, but you know, whatever. And, um, it was good though, for me, like I was still super hungry and I was like, I'm just going to go. I, I had, I didn't have, um, any pressure on me, which was kind of nice. You know, you're just like, I'm just going to go and see what happens. Like I'm going to give them hell. And, you know, thankfully, um, like I said, that first workout was awesome for me. Um, and I, I was knew the row and double inches would be slow, but I just kept chipping away people on the run. And so then it was like, you know, after that workout, I was like, let's go like, this is awesome. And, um, like I said, no pressure, which was, you don't have that very often, you know, everyone else, all those athletes above me, they're expected to do really well. Um, and I'm not like, no one expected me to do well. And all of a sudden they're like calling my name on, you know, winning heats and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, it was like, it, it was a weird year from that standpoint, but it was good to kind of have that moment where I was like, I'm just here to do this for myself and see what happens. But then in 2019, mm-hmm. you go to Wadapalooza yeah. and punch your ticket to go to the games as an individual athlete. What was, what was your mind like, or, you know, what was that feeling like in Wadapalooza when you realized that you'd punch the ticket? So I actually didn't get my invite until June. Um, and I didn't, I was, I had no clue that I was even on the radar from Wadapalooza, um, until the open, I think morning chalk up wrote an article because the season was so confusing that year. So I was like, you know what? I was like, after 2018, I was like, I'm just going to try a few, um, sanctionals. Yeah. That's what they were called. <laughs> so many different words. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to try a few sanctionals, see what happens. I mean, I wasn't, I honestly was like, I can't make the games. Like it's too, you know, all these sanctionals, you're going to have these big named athletes going, like, it's just not going to work out. Um, especially before the open. And then when you started realizing how 
the open, like, you know, all those top athletes from the countries are getting a spot. So like, you know, Tia wasn't taking a top 20 spot. She was taking Australia's spot. And so then you're kind of like, oh, well maybe. Um, and I think morning chalk up after like the third week posted something that was like, if the leaderboard stays as, as it is, um, you know, this is, these are who will get the invites from the semifinal or sanctionals. And like my name was on there and I was like, what? I was like, I had no clue. So then, you know, I knew I wasn't getting through the open. I wasn't strong enough at the time. Um, and so I was like, and then I'm just like focused, like, you know, solely on the performance of like two other athletes. And it was like, it's a weird year. Cause I was like, I think the clean was like pretty early. And so I was like, I'm, I'm out already. Like, it's fine. Um, but then I'm like, just watching two other athletes the whole time. Like, please, you know, please get yeah. through in the open. Um, and it ended up that it was Colleen Fosh that was ahead of me. And I think she was like six at Wadapalooza. Um, and she didn't make it through the open, but then, um, uh, maybe like Tasia or something was going team. And so, um, you know, I'm like looking at it for a while and I finally messaged, I reached out to Tasia. I was like, Hey, you know, I've, I was lined up to go to Australia and somewhere else, um, for sanctionals. And I just reached out to her and I was like, Hey, like I have the potential to get a game spot. I just want to make sure that you're going team, you know, you're not changing your mind. Um, because I'm going to cancel those trips, you know, so that way I can actually like take time for the games and, you know, working full time, you have limited PTO and you're just like trying to like fit all the pieces together. So, um, she messaged me back. She's like, yeah, she's like hundred percent, you know, go on team, you know, good luck at the games. She's like super nice. So, um, so yeah, that was, I mean, I kind of knew like the end of April, I was getting the invite, but I still was like sitting there waiting and waiting yeah. and just like, you know, it's like never official till it's official. So it was hard. And what was that experience like to get to the games? And it was a crazy year. I mean, there were a it was lot a crazy of people. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was a ton of fun. It was really cool. Um, I definitely made some mistakes on the first workout, um, you know, and it's just, it sucks because it's a learning experience and it's things that you'll never do again. You know, um, I uh, failed. Well, I didn't even, I didn't touch the top, the crossbar. The students, the, my judge didn't see me touch it. Um, I've, no, I touched it, but you know, I was on, on the inside, she was on the outside of the rig and she didn't see me touch it. And so I got a no rope on a rope climb, uh, one of the legless ones. And I, that was the first round. And I just jumped up and did a second one, you know, and I was like, fine, no big deal. And then round two, um, you know, those ropes are tall. They're taller than you're used to. You get no jump off the pad. Um, it's hot. That field is so hot. You like learn all these things and you're just like out there. Um, round two, like I paid dearly for doing that rope climb. And if I would have waited a minute, you know, and just took my time and not jump right back up to try to get it, I, you know, could have been a totally different workout. So, um, I think I ended that workout in like 60 something. So I made the cut top 75 made the cut. Um, and I, I mean, that was, that was hard, like sitting on the bleachers, waiting for them to call your name. Um, how they did the cuts that year was just not, it was kind of inhumane in a sense, um, and so thankfully I made the first one, but then I knew the second one, I was like, the only way I'm going to make it through is if I, you know, get in the top 20 in this workout. And it wasn't a bad workout for me rowing, um, shoulder overhead and handstand walk, but I knew I had to push the handstand. I knew I had to push the whole thing. Like there was, you know, there was no, um, opportunity to waste time. So, um, I ended up failing one of the handstand walks again, something that you just don't even think about your you always do handstand walks in a gym floor, right? You've got um, stall mats so you can see yeah. how many steps or where you're at, or you got markers on the thing. I mean, I was in the middle of the lane in a green field and I had no idea how far I'd gone. And I was like, I think I was like two feet from the line. Um, you know, and you're just like, I came down and I was just like, oh my gosh, I was so close. Um, so I ended up getting cut after the first day. I think I ended like 60th um, in the world, which, you know, for, you know, what it was, it was good, but it was honestly, it was kind of a heartbreaking experience that I just didn't, I was, I mean, I worked so hard that summer and I, I prepared so well. And I just felt like making mistakes is what ended my games, not my fitness. And that kind of sucked. So. At what point did you join the comp train team? Um, I probably started doing comp train in like 2016, like the August of 2016, and then I followed them through really until I got invited to be on Mayhem. So that was 
And at what point, like you, you started showing up in videos with that crew, mm-hmm. like on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. And I, because I was like, Hey, that's, that's the girl that I, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that year they did the open in the fall. That was, I guess, for the 2020 open. Um, and like I read at the beginning of the workout, Kristen Miller, actually. So she's from Illinois. She's from Chicago. And I'd done some like local comps over the years and been like around her, talked to her, you know, but never like super close. Um, but she reached out to me on Instagram and was like, Hey, we're looking for a, you know, second girl on independence. Um, you know, it's Chase Royce, myself, um, you know, that la- the year before, um, they had Ellie, and then she unfortunately popped. And so they, they didn't have like a stable girl. They were kind of switching someone out every, um, every competition they were doing. And it just, you know, they're like, we just want someone that's going to be steady. That's going to, you know, want to train with us, all these things. And so I was like, well, um, but she's like, you know, do you want to come down and just see what mayhem's about and see if you want to be part of it? And I was like, I mean, who doesn't say yes to that opportunity? Um, so even just, you know, go test it out. And I still was like, you know, after 2019, I was like, oh, I, I need my revenge. I want to go back in 2020. And I was like, you know, like this might be a better way to take some stress off me. You just change the, change the game a little bit. So um, I went down there, I think, and like right after the open finished, um, they're like, you know, don't come before the open, like do your open workouts. Um, and then, you know, once I think, you know, just trying to add a new face to the game, they were like, let's just wait till after the open. Um, so went there and I showed up and they're like, Hey, we're going to do this qualifier for Australia CrossFit championships. You want to like, you're good to go. And I was like, okay, so I guess I'm part of the team. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you did comp train right up until they invited you to mayhem. Yep. You talked about earlier about you were doing too much volume. Mm-hmm. Um, and mayhem is kind of known as the oh, high yeah. volume programming. Yes. So how did you make that adjustment? to the mayhem, mayhem programmer, or did you have to change it, modify it, scale it? Um, so, cause I, I had that conversation with Kristen when I was there, that was Kristen and Tasia. And I was like, you guys do a lot. I was like, I can't do that. Like, is it required for me, you know, to be a part of this team? Do I have to do all this stuff? Do I need to, you know, do this? And they're like, honestly, no, they're like, you do what's you. And Tasia's like, I've been taking some stuff out. Kristen's like, you know, my elbows hurt. So I don't do this at times. And they're like, it's really just how the programming works for you. Um, you know, and I found, yes, I still, I still modify it to this day. Um, I modify the crap out of it. Like I have an hour and 15 minutes to maybe two hours tops, um, two hours, maybe twice a week and everything else is like hour and 15 to hour, 30 minutes at the gym. So it's not a lot of time. Um, but I tried to make the best of that. And I just, I write, I'm, I'm very anal. I write everything down at the beginning of the week. And then um, you know, mayhem may do like two chest of our workouts on Monday, Tuesday, they're different stimulus, but you're still getting the same workout in. Right. So, or the same movement. in. so I, I've puzzle piece it together. And then, um, I do a lot of like, uh, you know, skill imams. So, um, you know, work on doing big sets of muscle ups. And honestly, the thing too, when I was training with them is they taught me how to be a team athlete, you know, so individuals, you very, everything is reliant on you, but you have to figure out like, oh, I have 50 muscle-ups. I'm going to do them in sets of five. Right. But if you have 50 muscle-ups as a team, you know, you may do a set of 20 and then the next person does 15, 10, whatever, you know, so you kind of have to learn. And so I changed my training that way as well. And that kind of actually made the volume a little bit more manageable because I could look at it differently. Um, you know, I could be like, oh, I just need to work on big sets of muscle-ups this week, or I need it. I mean, they program so much handstand walking. My handstand walking got significantly better. Like all of those kind of things where, you know, um, but they probably do, I don't know, at least 500 feet of handstand walk, if not a thousand feet of handstand walk a week. Um, and so I was like, well, if I just get 500 and that's way better than the 200 I've been doing, you know, so stuff like that, I could kind of like play with a little bit. So and I actually talked to Royce on mm-hmm. Saturday and yeah. uh, he said that that team was the most fun oh my gosh. he's ever had in CrossFit. Like it just was a really cool group to be around. And especially yeah. when you guys came to Australia. Yeah. Um, but I asked him like what his fitness level did after he started working with Rich and the programming. And he mm-hmm. said it incrementally went up. Yes. I mean, they're just 
if you, and it's not like Rich is sitting there telling you what to do, but if you are there and you're watching and you're paying attention to how they move and how they program is actually um, a lot of times it's like you go, I go, or it's rest one to one. So, you know, I couldn't finish a workout and, you know, Rich is going to go a minute later because he's already had his four minutes rest or whatever, you know? So it's like, then I can sit there and watch him for the next four minutes. Um, so it's really, you just have to be a sponge. Anytime you're in Cookville, like you have to be a sponge and make sure that you're paying attention to everything because there's just so much to learn um, if you want to take it in, which is pretty cool. But that team, I mean, we just gelled so well together. Um, easiest team to get along with. Everybody was willing to do whatever. Um, every, and it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved this past year in 2021 with Blue City, but everybody could do everything so well. And that helps when you just like, you don't have to think about like, oh, you might have to, you might struggle on that. So we need to sub someone out here or, you know, things like that. Like everybody could be like, be like oh, you're going to do, you know, 15 muscle ups that cool. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, it, it just, it just was very, um, very easy. And there was no egos on the team. I think that was the three of us, the four of us are all very much, we're just, we just do it for the love of it. You know, I mean, we're not making, I mean, Royce might be making a living, but the rest of us, we're not making a living off of it. Um, you know, we're just doing it because we love it and uh, get along so well. And all of our, you know, significant others traveled with us. Um, and we had the eight of us there for the whole, I mean, we were there for like two weeks and we just had a blast. Like everything, we're laughing and, you know, it was, it was so much fun. It was awesome. Yeah, he said it was the ultimate trip for you guys to come over because it was yeah. right before COVID. You guys mm -hmm. got to get it in before that happened. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you not only won that competition, but then you got to spend like an extra week mm -hmm. just being tourists and having yes. fun as a group. Yeah. And that was, um, that was so nice. It was, it, it was nice that Royce knew Australia too. So we could be like, Hey, what do you think about doing this or this? And he'd be like, Oh, you guys should do this, this and this. And we're like, Oh yeah, good call. You know? Um, so it was nice having kind of a built-in tour guide too. And, um, just having that, you know, like I said, everybody, it was so easy to get along with those people. It was so, so nice. You don't run into that very often. So the fact that everyone just, you know, was there for the love of it was really cool. So we mentioned the big C word COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> it derailed your 2020 with mm -hmm. the teams getting, um, eliminated, but you also work in the medical world. And yeah. so what dynamic happened for you? Were you in the hospital more often? Were you doing more stuff because of it or is PT a little bit different? So I actually don't, I'm an outpatient physical therapist. So I am not in the hospital. I have a standalone clinic. Um, it, it just, the amount of stress went up significantly. So at first, um, at first, you know, we all kind of thought it was a joke, like to an extent, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, we're like overreacting. Um, but then it got to the point where like St. Louis very quickly canceled all elective surgeries. So any knee replacement, um, you know, rotator cuff repair, all of the like ACL, like all of those surgeries were canceled. Um, and then the, because St. Louis is um, such a, there's a lot of counties that come to St. Louis. So like, you know, um, it's just a, it's a big hub. So they canceled everything. And then the orthopedic doctors were actually not seeing any patients um, besides emergencies. So like I had one guy that tore his hamstring like completely off the bone. So like he had surgery um, and he was that guy's only case for, you know, like two months. I mean, just insane. The doctor was like, oh, it's exciting to see somebody, you know, um, but they were waiting. They were just waiting to potentially use outpatient surgery places for um, COVID patients. And then the doctors were being called into the hospital um, the orthopedic doctors to help with staffing issues there. So um, pretty quickly it became like, I was worried about my job which I think a lot of people were. Um, we just didn't know what was gonna happen. And we were, you know, seeing our patients like we're outpatient. So if people hadn't really come for a surgery like they hadn't had, you know, their ACL repaired or something they weren't coming back. And then we're like trying to switch to, you know telehealth and um, it's just not the same. Like I, my first telehealth patient was an e evaluation for a balance, a 70 year old person that kept falling. And I was like, how am I going to do that through a, a video? You know, like there's no way, like a balance patient, I have my hands on the whole time. So I don't fall. Um, and so, you know, we just were having a lot of issues and then the stress of like cleaning everything, you know, at the time they didn't know if it was contact spread or, you know, airborne. And so anything anyone touched, we would clean. Um, we got rid of all of our ancillary staff. So I had to learn how to do all the front office stuff. 
um, which I tried to ignore before that because I don't want to know how to do it. <laughs> um, I can do it all now, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, we just, it was one of those things where just the stress level went up significantly. Um, and I see we've, I, we had, we have 10 therapists at my clinic. We furloughed four. Um, and so then we kind of had like an influx of patients cause we were taking everyone else's patients. Um, and we were seeing, you know, I mean, I was like, I'm seeing like 10 people a day. Um, that's 10 chances for me to get COVID, you know? Um, and you don't know all the things behind it and stuff. And my boyfriend is like, do we, you know, what kind of protocols we need to at home, you know, and all those things, um, just because, I mean, he was working from home, but you know, the, he's like, you come home every night and you see, you know, a gajillion people a day, like what, you know, what's the odds of something happening. So, um, just it was, it's, I mean, it's still stressful, but it was very stressful last year. So. And, and in addition to that, the gym's closed. Mm -hmm. Did you have a place to work out? Yeah. So we're lucky. We have a garage gym. We actually built a rig in our backyard. So we've got, um, I mean, the neighbors must think we're nuts, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> we've got like, we have a rope and we have a, um, two bars that we can use and stuff. And, um, actually it's funny, Kristen Miller, her boyfriend asked for the specs so he could build her one as well. So, <laughs> um, so, I mean, we were lucky we did that. And I had like two or three girls that would come and train, like we trained together anyways. Um, and we would come and train, but at first it was kind of like, you know, I was like, well, I'll just like stay over here. Cause they were working from home. So I was like, I'll just stay yeah. over here and we'll kind of like, you know, stay in our bubbles. And then it was kind of eventually like, they're like, oh, you can have like, you know, 10 people in your bubble. And I was like, well, this is our bubble. Like we're not, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so thankfully we had that. I don't know what I would have done without that. Um, my, like my, um, therapy is working out. You know what I mean? Like I, I get that high off of it. I need that adrenaline. Um, it doesn't have to be hard, but I need something. And so the fact that we just had equipment and if I had a bad day, you know, I could just go out and like ride a bike for like 30 minutes and clear my head and, you know, blare some music and whatever. Like, I I'm so glad that I had that. Cause I think I would have really gone crazy without some sort of gym equipment. So. Yeah. So then the next season comes and they changed the rules again. again. <laughs> yeah. And like Roy said, uh, being 40,000 miles away doesn't make it conducive no. anymore. I can't mm -hmm. uh, be on the mayhem team. So I'm sure the same thing is not as far, but you're now not mm -hmm. allowed on that team. So at what point did you realize that you had a team at Blue City and that you had a shot to qualify for at least the semifinals? Um, so we have, um, one of the guys that, or the guy that owns our gym, Stephen Wallace, um, he, like I've trained with him for, or been around him for years. And so I knew like we had him and I, that would make, you know, good team athletes for sure. Um, but we really have, I mean, we still, we have, you know, a couple girls, a couple other guys. I mean, we have probably have like eight guys that are, you know, all kind of like, who's going to pull through, you know? Um, and so I mentioned to him, like the second that like <laughs> we were kind of holding out like I, I we kind of knew that it was going to like there was rumors of what the team was going to be and it was going to be affiliate um but we kind of were like holding out until like the last until they actually announced it and so I think that might have been like the beginning of January and Roy's finally texted us and he's like well this sucks guys he's like I would have loved like another go around you know we just didn't get to put you know the finishing touches on the season which sucks because we had we had so many i mean everyone did we had so many plans and i really think that we would have done amazing at the games um but we just didn't get that opportunity so he texted us and we were all kind of like yeah like you know we had a great run maybe sometime in the future we can do it again but it's not in the cards you know and so after that i was like to steve i was like hey i was like what if we just try you know i was like i know there's like individual semifinals and team but it says you don't have to choose they put the rule book out you know you don't have to choose one you can do both and you know i was like i'll probably still do individual semifinals but if you know we make a team i will go team you know it's like if we get a team to semifinals i'll do it 100 um because it was just such an awesome like i just had such a good experience with mayhem that i was like you know it, it why not like why not just try it again see what happens and like i said i was still going to do the individual semifinals because you know, we were dealing with some injuries. We didn't know how it was going to play out. And I was like, you know, if whatever, you know, if I don't, if we don't make a team, I'll go individual and just do that. Like I'm still training hard. I'm still doing all of it. So why not? Um, and then just kind of as the season progressed, like, I mean, we did really well in the open. Um, we did really well, like semi or 
quarterfinals. I think we were like, you know, 20th. And then all of a sudden I was like, all right, like it's go time. Like we have to be super serious about this now. We can't, we can't mess around. And, um, so just kind of, I mean, the, honestly, for me, I wasn't, I was like 90% committed to team, but I wasn't hundred percent committed to team until after quarterfinals. And then I was like, okay. Um, cause I, I also don't want to be on a team that's going to go and get 15th at semifinals. Like I, I'm, I'm past that. Like I, I want to go and compete. Um, and if I, if I don't have a team that can compete, it's not, it's not fun to me. Um, and so, uh, yeah, after quarterfinals, I was like, all right, this is our, this is our shot. Let's go. So. And who knew it was going to work out so well by doing individual quarterfinals? You yeah. had already practiced for the team quarterfinals. I know, right? And, <laughs> um, and so that's that's actually what we did because, like I said, we had a lot of guys that were vying for a spot, and it really came down to just one girl because our other girl got injured. Um, she well, she already had a meniscus issue, but it was not getting any better, um, so she was kind of headed for the surgery road. Um, but for the guys we did, they didn't have to sign up, but we had them all do the individual quarterfinal workouts. And we just like pulled the scores from that. And then it like two weeks later, when they announced the team, we're like, well, this is perfect. Like we already know it. So, and it was, I mean, that was good. Like everybody, you know, next year, if we somehow go team again, um, I'll do the same thing. I, I don't know if I'll sign up for individual, but I will do the workouts because you learn so much from it. And it definitely made us better for, um, team quarters. So. So the next question I have is your role, like on the Mayhem team, you had four seasoned CrossFit athletes together, right? And with Blue City, that wasn't the case. So your role kind of changed and you became more of a leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did that, how did that work for you? Um, I mean, on Mayhem, like you said, we were all, I mean, everyone, we're just a cohesive unit, like whatever was said, like someone might have an idea and we're like, that's good. That's bad. You know, it was just easy um mayhem or with blue city uh yeah I had to step up and that was a conversation between um my boyfriend slash coach like he's like if you want to do this like you have to lead this team like um the Mara who was the other girl on our team she um was already following me anyways um we were we were do you know train together all the time and um she'd always she's like a spongy like you know tell her something or she asks you something and she absorbs everything and so she was like already kind of you know, learning from that standpoint. Um, but I really, Steve was the biggest issue. Um, and I love Steve to death, but he has always been an individual athlete. Like he, you know, and he has that, he's a super strong. So he always has that one moment where he can flex, you know, he can do something crazy and everyone's like in awe of what he does. Cause it's insane. Um, sometimes I don't even realize how big of a deal it is till we go to a competition and he like blows everybody away by like 50 pounds. You're like, Oh my gosh, like that's insane. Um, but he has always kind of been in that individual mindset. And so, and I knew he was going to be our biggest, not issue, but he was going to be the one that took the most work. And so, um, you know, I started planting seeds in his head in like February. I was like, Hey, so if this was a team workout, this is how we would do it. You know? Um, Hey, if you want to do, uh, you know, this workout with 40 bar muscles in it, try it 15, 15, 10. Right. And you're going to rest more and, you know, start things like that. Or then we would like in the open, I was like, Hey, uh, you know, we've got this setup, but then you have to think about, like, I want you to think about the next person's setup. Right. And so like, just trying to like make him realize that. Um, and it was never like a, it never showed more than at, uh, semifinals. And he like, there's just like a few moments, like on the rock run, I died at the, like after the, the horn blew, uh, the thing was over. Um, I like collapsed and he turned around and came and picked me up and like helped me back to the finish line. And then, um, the, the biggest thing was, I mean, he hit a 385 clean and jerk, um, insane and celebrated for a second. And then literally was like, okay, Chris, what weights do we need on the bar? And I was like, team athlete, we've got it. Like, we're good to go. So that was, um, he was, it just, I just had to think about things more, which was okay. Like it, it challenged me too. And it was fun. It made it, it made it so much more worth it when you get to that point and you've put all this work in and you're like, oh my gosh, like we actually are a team. So it's cool. You're on mute. Oh, there we go. There we go. What's funny, my dog is barking, so that's why I keep (laughs) muting. Um, What's funny is you were on a team with Royce, who is Mm -hmm. one of the strongest guys in CrossFit. Yeah. And I think the only upgrade you could have made was to Steven. I know. Steve is just insane. Like you just, I mean, it's crazy. So when you were at West Coast, I was Mm -hmm. in the media room Mm -hmm. 
And the buzz about that clean and jerk workout yeah. was going ballistic because everybody's <laughs> like, he's going to put 400 on the bar. Yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> and, and it was like, everybody was getting goosebumps. Like I cannot yeah. wait to see this. And it was like erupting in the back room. Mm-hmm. And then when you, when we got out there, you could just tell like that ruck run took more oh out my of you gosh. guys than you thought. Yes, for sure. And we didn't have much turnaround time. I mean, we had, I don't, I think it was like an hour and a half or like two hours. It was, that was not enough time. If they wanted you know, it's funny if you look at the other semifinal workouts or uh, semifinal competitions, every strength event is the first event. You know what I mean? Like Granite Games and uh, uh, the Mac, like they did the, fir- the clean was the first event. The snatch was the first event because they wanted to put on a show. And, you know, not that Wadapalooza just did it different, which is totally fine, but you're going to have effects from the rest of the weekend. So that's unfortunately what happened. But still to put up 385 after doing a four mile ruck. Uh, a miserable four mile ruck. (laughs) The competition record was only two pounds more than I know. I know. And so for him to, to hit that after that ruck run is Mm -hmm. so impressive. Yeah. It was like I said, you know, it's like I said, it's funny. I just don't realize how good it is sometimes. And then like we get there and I'm like, damn. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. So this year going to this, this year going to the games might've been a little bit different for you because your Mm -hmm. boyfriend got to go as well. He did. That was awesome. It was so cool. Um, which, you know, at first we're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? And then they kind of came out and they like put masters first and then team, like, you know, teams on the weekend and stuff. So it actually worked out really well. I missed one workout of his um, and he missed one workout of ours and that was it. So that was really good that we actually were able to um, be together. And, you know, it was, it's, it was weird. Cause I, we decided like, I couldn't be his coach. Um, it was just going to be too much. And, you know, like when you have an individual athlete, I mean, even teams, people are, you know, schlepping your bags to and from, and they're making sure you're fed and all that. And even still like the first two days, um, I mean, I stayed, I stayed out of the back area and let, um, his buddy help coach him and take care of him and stuff. Um, and I still walked like six, seven miles each day. And that was just me like going back and forth and doing <laughs> stuff. And I was like, there's just no way I could have done coaching on top of that, you know? So, um, I'm glad that we, you know, it was nice that, uh, Wednesday he was done after that swim event. And so we were able to go back to the house relatively early, um, and get ready for Thursday. So, so did it add more stress to you or did it relieve some of the stress because you were distracted? Uh, probably took some away. Uh, it's a different stress. You know what I mean? I was nervous for him, but I wasn't nervous about myself. Like I didn't really let myself turn on games, like official games mode until like we went Wednesday, we went swim, like swim and kayak. They took us over to the other venue. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, now it's go time. But, um, until that point I was just nervous for him and I just wanted him to do well, um, and be able to show off, you know, what he had been worked so hard for. So it's kind of nice. So what were your expectations coming in? Because you said it yourself. You didn't even know if you were going to put together a team until Mm -hmm. you kind of saw how quarterfinals went. Mm -hmm. What were the expectations for the team this year? Um, Lofty goal was top 10. Um, I really, you know, at first I kind of thought we might have a chance of that, but then I was like, eh, there's like a lot of, you know, very good athletes. So ultimately top 20, especially when they came out with cuts, I really was hoping we'd be top 20. Um, And I thought, I mean, honestly, we had the potential to do that. You just, you know, um, you know, unfortunately, like I said, I made all my mistakes in 2019 on the games floor and we just had, you know, inexperience. I mean, Mara, her first big competition was semifinals. Like besides that, she'd only ever done local competitions. Um, so she, she, you know, no idea. And same thing with Chris, really, he's done Wadapalooza with like a team of three before, but, um, nothing like crazy big. So, you know, you're just going to have rookie mistakes and that's just what you have to accept. And, um, you know, the, after the first event, um, the swim and kayak, like, I mean, I knew I was going to do well in that event. Like that's right down my alley. Um, and I think Mara and I were out of the water, like fifth, uh, and the guys just, they, they did well for themselves. Um, but I just had to like, realize this isn't, I I was like upset because we ended up like 32nd and I was like, gosh, like I got out of the water first, you know, like all these things. And I was like, I had to take a second and be like, this isn't about me. Like, this is about the team. And I have to be proud that like, Chris was so nervous to swim and he was able to get through the swim only grabbing onto a kayak once, you know, and Steve didn't grab onto a kayak at all. And 
he's done water Palooza three times or three times he's been pulled out of the water. And that water was so choppy on Thursday morning because it stormed the night before and he made it all the way through. Like we worked so hard to get both of them where they were. Um, and the fact that they, they made it through that was incredible, you know? And so, um, you know, like I said, I had these goals and I had to not change them, but I had to realize they weren't just my goals. It was like a team goal, you know? Um, and I had to realize that it wasn't about me. It was about what the team could do and how proud could I be of everybody and not just myself. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm honestly, I walked away from this season extremely happy, um, with what we did, obviously you always want to do better and you always, you know, you're always like, Oh, it would have been great to be top 20 or top 10 would have been great to be top 20 to touch a worm. Um, but you know, I, I walked away and I was like, we did the best that we could possibly do. We made some mistakes. Um, but I can't walk away upset because everybody gave it a hundred percent. And, um, it was so much fun. We had a blast. We had a great crew up there. Uh, I mean, you know, if this, unfortunately happens to be my last year. Like I'm okay with that. Like I am happy. I'm still hungry. I still want to do better. Um, but I'm, I'm, it was a great year. I can't be upset. So. Well, you're not Krista, Kristen Holtang us, are you? No, (laughs) no. Um, I mean, so our girl Mara moved to Florida, her husband, um, just graduated his PhD from SLU and super specific job. So really can only get a job, um, like Florida, Colorado, um, so they moved there. So we have some uh, retooling and I think, I don't know, I don't know about Chris yet, but I think he needs, he's 37, um, about to be 38. So, um, you know, he, his body is beat from the summer, you know, you train really hard for the games. And so, um, you know, see what he wants to do. And we have more guys for sure. We have to find another girl. Um, like I said, I, I mean, I'll still, I'm still going to train. I'm still going to do everything. Um, if we have a team, I will hundred percent go team. I might try individual, but I'm only, that's a backup plan, you know, and just see what goes. Um, I feel I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm content, but I, you know, I would always do more like this ever, you know, um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say like, I'm not, I don't want to retire. There's, I don't want to retire. And if I, you know, happen to get pregnant and have a kid, like I'm, I, if I'm able to, I still want to come back. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'll ever walk away from the sport because I love it. Like, you know, even if I'm just doing it as a class, like that's a hundred percent, um, fine with me, but I, I'm, I'm so, I'm so damn competitive. Like I, I, I need that. And I, I thrive on that. And I, I want to be the best, like, I want to be the best that I can be. And I want to go compete with the best. Um, so I'm not, no, no retiring <laughs> Might just life change, but no retiring. So you're branching out into the realm of media by yeah. doing a podcast yes. and a video blog. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, the video blog needs some work that, uh, we started that like right after, uh, team quarterfinals and, um, you know, thought it was going to be fabulous. And honestly, like it just became so overwhelming. So that's actually kind of coming to the forefront. We're going to try to start doing some more with that. Um, we've got some ideas and I know you've met Teddy, um, and he's, he's a mastermind behind it all. Like he knows all this stuff and I'm, I'm learning and I'm, it's, you know, learning how to edit videos and do all this stuff. Um, but he can do it really well. So that's on the, hopefully we kind of get that YouTube up and running here the next couple of weeks. We've got some things cooking for that. Um, but then, yeah, we started, Teddy also started a podcast and I have become a regular co-host, I guess, um, Blue City CrossFit show. Uh, and honestly, right now we've just, um, I mean, we've recapped our season and I think from a standpoint of our members have loved it, um, you know, but we want to start, I mean, not everyone can be there and not everyone can learn the behind the scenes stuff. And, um, so being able to talk about all that and have an outlet for them to go listen to it, um, it's been really cool. And, you know, then they'll come to class and be like, Hey, I heard you talk about event six at the game, you know, whatever. And you can have that conversation. So that's pretty cool. Um, especially like our gym has been so supportive and no matter what it's been, they've been awesome. So it's cool to kind of give them that, but we've started to, um, kind of figure out what's next with the podcast. Cause we want to continue to grow it. Um, and I love it. I think it's fun. Like, it's just, you know, like this, it's like a normal conversation. You don't feel, you know, I don't know. It's cool to get to learn about people and different things. So that's why we do it. Yeah. <laughs> love to hear stories, love to learn about people. Yeah. I'm just going to finish up with one last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a self-professed cat lover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so how many cats do you have? Uh, I have two cats. My grandma brought me my first one as a housewarming gift. She brought me a little kitten. I'm allergic. 
she knows that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that was how we got the first one. And, uh, um, about like six months later, my boyfriend's like, I, I just feel so bad for this cat. She, you know, she's always home by herself during the day when we're working. And I think we just, I think we need to get another cat. And he, so he was actually out of town when my grandma brought me this kitten and he, I like told him and I was like, I knew he hated cats. And he's like, I hate cats. I'm never going to stay at your house ever. Like, I don't want to be around. Like, you're going to just come to my house, like for dinner. Like, that's it. Like, not, nope, not doing the cat thing. Uh, and then like, you know, sees the kitten and it's like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. So he's a cat lover too. Now, uh, he's our, he loves our cats. He doesn't maybe not the other cats, but that's fine. Just gotta like mine. It's good. Um, so then we got the second one, like six months later, seven months later. So, and they, um, yeah, they're my babies right now. So they, they snuggle up They're They're great snuggle buds and they, they kind of have like dogs. So that's nice. They like people and they, you know, want to come see what's going on. So it's good. And their names? Uh, Millie is the orange one. You'll probably see a lot of both of them on my Instagram. Uh, and Kona is the black one. So uh, Millie is, uh, they're aptly named. Millie is very much grandma-like. So sometimes, you know, uh, she, she, so I am a grandma when it comes to going to bed. I like to go to bed at like, I don't know, 9.30. And she, uh, about 9.15, she sits in the hallway and looks at you on the couch and if you get up, she walks into the bedroom. She just waits for you to go in the bedroom. So <laughs> she's my grandma cat. And then um, Kona, the black one, is super active and loves to be, you know, outside. And she, like we have a screen and porch and she'll go sit out there. And so she's my little like outdoors adventure cat. Um, thinks everyone's her best friend, which is good and bad. So, you know. Yeah, my dog does the same thing. At <laughs> 9, 9.30, he goes over to the foot of the steps and sits there like, hey, come on, guys. Time to go to bed. <laughs> It's like, you're not getting what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this Thanks has been a lot of me. fun. Yeah. Um, got to know a lot about you and that was really cool. <laughs> and good luck in the future. Uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll run into each other uh, throughout. Oh yeah, for sure. The, the competitions and stuff. I said, I'll up. be around and I know Matt's trying to do some more master's stuff. So yeah, I'm sure I'll see you around for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you. No problem. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.